And this is Clay Schroff, just half your host of Voice of a Lion. And today, Michelle and I got an opportunity to talk with Gail Miller. And if you don't know who Gail Miller is, she is the CEO and owner of the Larry H. Miller Companies, which is over 80 different businesses, 60 dealerships or more spread across the United States, the Utah Jazz, and so much more. But that's not why Michelle and I had her on Voice of the Lion. It's because what she does with those businesses, she's giving back to her community, she's taking care of her employees and their children, and just so much more. We're really excited for today's guest, and we're not going to make you wait anymore. Here's Gail Miller. And this is Clay and Michelle Schroff with Voice of a Lion, and we have a super super special guest to me. We have known Gail Miller for over 25 years and has not only been a part of our lives in my work life, but um, just an inspiration with the things that she does in our community. So we want to welcome Gail Miller. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we're really excited. Hey, so ever since I've been with the Larry H. Miller Corporation, um, Larry Miller hasn't... um, always been as big as they are today. And one of the things that we always want to look at is where you started, because there are people out there who have, you know, they're working hard to make their little business big. And can you kind of go back in time and give us an idea of when you started and just some of the obstacles you had to overcome and how you did that? Sure. We actually started a little bit by accident in that we were living in Colorado working for a Toyota store there. Um, Chuck Stevenson owned it. It was called Stevenson Toyota. Larry had been promoted from parts manager to general manager and then to operations manager over five stores and had worked his way up in, in that frame time frame of about eight and a half years. And his boss came to him and said, Larry, I have five stores, but I have eight sons, and I really want them to learn the business. Would you go back to the Toyota store and teach my boys the car business? I won't dog your pay, won't cut your pay, but I would really appreciate you teaching them what you know about running uh, an automobile dealership. So, Larry, of course, (laughs) of course (laughs) I'll do that. You don't have a whole lot of choice when your boss asks you to do something, but he did that, but realized right away that any, any um, advancements for him would be very difficult because the boys would take over the business. So we happened to come to Utah on vacation that spring in April. And Larry had a friend in Salt Lake that owned a Toyota store who he talked to many times. And and that day took Greg, our oldest son, and went to lunch with him. His name was Hugh Gardner. And as they were getting up, he said, Hugh, when are you going to sell me your store? Mm -hmm. Now, he had asked him that several times. And Hugh had always said, why would I do that? I'm not interested in selling. It's my livelihood. But that day he said, how about today? So it was just coincidental that we ended up in the car business. Now, that was owning our own. That was one dealership, Toyota store, fortunately, because that was a really good store and still is. But it had 30 employees. Our children were very young. Greg was 12, Roger was 10, Steve was 8, Karen was 6, and then Brian was a year and a half. 
and we were only 35 years old. So it was a big leap of faith for us. And there were times when it was really scary, more so for me than for Larry, because he knew what he was doing. I had to rely on the fact that he knew what he was doing. <laughs> well, and it wasn't just a leap of faith. It was also a leap of financing, wasn't it? Right. It was, although we had done really well financially because every time Larry had gotten a promotion, we saved that money and then invested it. So when we were ready to leave, we had some investments that we cashed out and had $88,000 of our own money. Now, that's still not enough to buy a dealership, but I remember him coming home. He came home after lunch and he said to me, what would you say if I told you I spend a million dollars I'd go get those new shoes if I were you. <laughs> Before it's all gone, yeah. That's right. Uh, my answer was, I didn't know we had a million dollars, and we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how you get we this borrowed. one over on the wife, so I'm going to get some additional training after this is over. <laughs> yeah, so... Anyway, we had to borrow the difference and went into business for ourselves. But, you know, that's just the beginning of the story. Then you have to make things work. And you have to make sure you've got payroll and right. got all the systems in place and all the contacts you need. So it was quite a quite a journey. And yeah. But we grew fast. Yeah. We, I should give you an opportunity to ask a question. No, I, <laughs> I love hearing it. Hey, but you know, the mission, I, I know that every time that I, I get to go up there and, and spend any time with the Larry H. Miller Empire in Utah or Salt Lake City, and uh, but you guys, you know, it, it, it is about the dollars, but even more so than that, you guys really um, weave in the loyalty, integrity, hard work, and values, um, just kind of the stewardship of what we've been given as a company. And uh, I've, right. I've worked for other companies, and not everybody does that. And can you just kind of talk to what have you seen in the results of really pushing the loyalty, integrity, and the values that the Larry H. Miller Corporation stands for? Well, that's really foundational to us, mm. and it came from just um, conviction in what we did and knowing that if we were going to be successful – we had to do things with integrity and we had to work hard and we had to be grateful for what we had and we had to be service oriented, you know, be part of a community and do the things that make you revered in your community by giving back. And so those were things that were really right from the beginning and then not, not memorialized until after Larry died because mm -hmm. he just did it. He, he, he was able to convey that throughout the company with who he was and how he did business. So <clears throat> they're very important to us even today, but we felt like it was critical that we identified those characteristics so that we didn't lose them and that everybody that worked for us could buy into who we were, the, set, the foundation of our business um, creed. And so we created what we call the Who We Are program. Mm -hmm. And we did that by identifying those four values. Integrity, which was really important to Larry. He, he often said, my integrity is worth more than anything else mm. because if people don't trust me, so I can't do business. And in the early years, he often did deals on a handshake. He borrowed $700,000 one time on a handshake. 
Wow. And it was because people trusted him. Right. So his integrity was, you know, very, very important. And we still feel that way. We have to be looked at as being honest and trustworthy and, and accountable and all of those things. And then um, as we looked at the, the values that we were built on, we realized it was hard work. We had always worked hard. And, and people used to say, Larry, how do you get everything done you do? And he said, I just go to work and do it. Mm. And, um, and so, then we always felt like stewardship was um, important to us because it's easier to take care of something if you're a steward of it than if mm. you're a protective owner hmm. and, and hoard and think it's all yours. Mm-hmm. When you think of it as a stewardship, you look at it a little differently. Like you've got to make the best of it. You've got to protect it. You've got to grow it. You've got to share it. Mm. You've got to make it um you know, worthy of the effort. And then the other one is service, and that's giving back. And I think that that value that we espouse is the one that really endears us in our communities because we have customers, and we take care of our customers, but they're the ones that make it possible for us to make communities better. And by doing that, that creates that loyalty that you're talking about, mm. not only with our employees, but with our the places where we live and work and play. And all of your businesses do the stewardship. Uh, right. It, not only your dealerships, but I know that you're also your sports team um, and et cetera. They all, they all seem to be out there and not, not every now and then, but consistently. So that's really, really awesome to see. I had learned, I had uh, heard an interesting fact about the Larry Miller Corporation. Um, when you guys had first began, you, that you all did not have a dealership that was too far away from home, from from home base. That it was a, a few hour flight. Or could you could you go into that? Because for me, obviously, you know. I've been walking alongside of Clayside. It'll be 25 years next week. And he has worked all of that time at Larry H. Miller. And I've noticed that you guys have a, such a strong emphasis on family. Family is so important to you all. And you just, you just don't see that in most companies. And it's, it's not only endearing, but it, for, as a, as a wife and a mother, for me, it, it really encourages me to encourage him to work harder. So if you wouldn't mind going into that. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's one of the things we really want to do is make uh, the support system understand that they're valuable right. and that they make happen what we do. But yeah, we, we defined an area that we wanted to do business and we decided that anything farther than a two-hour plane flight was too far away and too mm-hmm. hard to keep track of and too hard to connect to the mothership. Right. So that, that's been our, um, our plan. Now, I, we do do business in 45 or more states, but they're not auto dealerships. They're, right. they're related businesses. But and you've gotten faster planes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and more connecting points. That's true. That's true. Well, and to me, that, that I mean, for that to last for so long and that to be your commitment to the support systems and the families and um, really means a lot to me. And you guys also have a program that allows uh, our children um, to go to college at little or no cost. Could you share a little bit? Because... 
the reason, one of the reasons why we wanted to have this interview with you is because we know what you, you, you guys do, and we're so blown away at the opportunities that you've given our family. And we wanted to share that with, you know, all of our listeners because it, it is so inspiring. Well, thank you. <clears throat> we felt like one way we could give back to our employees for all the things they do for us is to help educate their children. Mm -hmm. And so we created an education program for the dependent children of any employee who's been with us for two years or more. And what it entails is it's a full four-year scholarship to the college, to the university in your state with the highest tuition. Mm -hmm. So you can't go out of state right. and, and do higher tuition. Mm -hmm. But if you're in New Mexico and you have a college that you want to go to that costs, I, I think we go up to $10,000. Yes, it is $10,000. That's amazing. That pretty, that pretty much will take care of, um, you know, if you go to a college that is reasonable, you can pretty much get through college in its full four years. So. That's right. What an amazing We've gift. Had, well, we're grateful that we can do it. And I think in the long run, it will serve us well, because if we educate people and we tell them, you know, there are job opportunities here, then it's a good return for us. That's that, right. They'll come back and want to work for us. That's right. That's right. You know, and I've actually got the opportunity to not only hear you speak in the work environment, and but unfortunately also at, at funerals and et cetera. And there's a mm. commanding president presence when you speak um, that mm. not only inspires, but I have to ask you, you know, Gail Miller has a superpower and we <laughs> want to know exactly what that is. <laughs> you know, when I read that on your, on your list of questions, I thought, there are no superpowers here. <laughs> oh, there is. But if I had one, if I had one, oh, that's good. I would say that I have a very strong constitution or commitment to trying to do what's right mm. and trying to inspire other people. That's I a think great one. Uh, it's very hard to dissuade me from something if I think it's right. And it's very hard to discourage me if I think something's right. Mm. So I have longevity and strong constitution, strong commitment. And, you know, if you put your efforts in the right place, you usually have pretty good success. No, I, I love I love getting to, to be in the audience before the other people are let in. And there's such a calm with you and the people around you. And then you go up there and you speak and you're still calm, but I don't, it, it, it's, it's always powerful to hear what you have to say. And people lean in well, and listen. that's really nice. So, Thanks, hey, tell us one of your happiest moments. So over the years, uh, I mean, obviously there's sports teams, there's children, there's, tell us one of your happiest, most memorable times in life. Mm, I've had a lot of really good times, but um, let me tell you what I did today. I went to, U, U, let's see, UVU University, Utah Valley University, mm -hmm. which is a four-year university where Greg spoke. And he talked about his expedition and just watching your kids be successful is pretty joyful to see them espouse the things you've tried to teach them, whether they recognize it or not. I know they're in there. And, right. Uh, Love it. He, talked, he talked about his commitment to good and, and how he wants to do good in the world. And, you know, he, so that's, 
those are happy times for me. And there have been a lot of those along the way. They're, you know, they're mostly in seeing other people have good experiences. Greg's a powerhouse all by himself. Uh, he's another, another person that's doing life-changing things. So that's amazing. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have children that are, are out changing the world, and it's, we don't miss an opportunity to hear them speak at the best of our ability, and I get that. That's, a, that's, that's, that's perfect. Great. How hey, many do you have? We have 10 kids. So you have 10? We only, yeah, well, we only, you're probably, we we, only have 10. We only you're, have 10. You're on the go all the time, man. Yeah, we got them stationed downstairs. Just so you know, we're at, we're at my dealership and we're upstairs in the conference room. And I stationed my kids all over the dealership and we're paying them to draw the best picture. So we're just waiting for a knock on the door. It's only our five little ones. Our five older ones have been launched. So it's our, our five wow. younger ones are downstairs. Yeah, seven to 13 well, are here right. with us today. Yeah, seven to 13. More power to you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we we'll s- see. We're, we're changing the world just by having children. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Hey, if you lost everything today, so it, God forbid, and if something happened, and you had to start all over again, what's the first thing you would do, Gail? Well, I think I'd probably count my blessings Mm -hmm. for the life I've had and know that what was really important was not material. It was spiritual or internal or um, what I had become. Mm -hmm. And I think I would be just fine. You know, I came from a poor home, and I've been very poor to the point where we used to stand on the porch and wait for my dad to come home with a sack of groceries, Mm. to having enough money to buy anything I want and knowing that there wasn't one thing I wanted that money could buy. Mm. So I've been rich and I've been poor, but in my heart, I'm the exact same person. Mm. I know who I am. I know what my values are. Mm. And if I had to start over, that's where I'd start. What can I do to enrich other people? Mm. You know, and I think that there's a, there's a lot of science behind people who pour into other people and the success that it brings. And not only success monetarily, but true happiness um, or success in life doesn't, it can't be measured by money, but it can be measured That's by true. how we pour into other people. So well, hey, I think it's measured sometimes by how you use your money. Mm, <laughs> That's right. That's so true. You know, we work, we work a lot locally with charities, and then we get to travel around the world to third world countries. We try to do it once a year. And when I first met my wife, I was kind of a blue-collar grow-up guy. We, we shopped at garage sales, and but as we, I think we did it because we were cheap. <laughs> but my, hey, we did it too. We bought secondhand furniture in the one house. <laughs> my, my wife was homeless for, for probably the good majority of her teenage years at least yeah. couch surfing and things that like that right? i'd yeah. love to hear about that yeah and it's one of those things for me it brings me closer when when we're out in the community um my wife is a sounding board or she's a she's the the anchor in my life but also the wind in my sails but when it comes to talking to those people she goes i lived in a place like this and it reminds wow. me that there's a way out that we don't want to give a we don't want to give a handout. We want to give a hand up. And so yep. hearing where you came from as well, like you're sitting on the porch waiting for those groceries to come. How many kids do we serve in this community? You know, Albuquerque, New Mexico is uh, rated one of the worst when it comes to childhood poverty. And 
And we're very thankful um, for, for organizations such as yourself because you're constantly reaching out in it. And the resources locally are small. So we appreciate it. Well, we're happy to be able to do it. And it's because of people like you that make it happen. So we appreciate you. When, when you were a little girl, what did you want to be? I always like to ask that question because I can, I think when, you know, as we grow up, we, we waver from that because we, we're thinking of how much can I make and how, you know, where can I live? And I, 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 I find that me as I'm almost 50 years old and I think about what I wanted to be as a little girl and I keep going back to it. And I keep finding myself in that place. So I want to know what did, who what Gail did, Miller wanted to be. <laughs> what did you want to be? You know, mom, what I, I'll tell you. you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a mom. I did. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted <laughs> to protect kids. Isn't that crazy? You got your wish. I did. That's, that's great. <laughs> She's actually still I getting her law degree. I am. I'm actually still in school. Are you? Yeah. I, I'm hopefully graduating next year and then be able to go to law school before, I'm, before wow, my 50th an, birthday. So, What an inspiration. You know, you're the kind of person I talked about this morning. I, I spoke to the women's leadership group here at, at the office, and I talked about the people in our, in our base who are doing great things and all have interesting lives and are creating goodness wherever they go and improving themselves and you are a poster child of that (laughs) no she is so fun to learn you know and i'm gonna when i was little yep no please go on no but you finish you know it's one of those things where you know she's mother of the year for new mexico and it's wow yeah kind of my kids didn't vote me in (laughs) the kids did not vote her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it makes it hard as a father because I come home and they go, yeah, but mom is mother of the year. Mother of the year. Yeah. When they Excellent. act up, I tell them I'm going to go get my medal and wear it. <laughs> Anyhow. So, so I have to ask you, do you like Mother's Day? I do. I do. Oh, good. Actually, Mother's Day holds a, a really close place to my heart. Mother's Day... Um, was when I found out I was pregnant with my first child. It was Mother's oh, Day, wow. 1995. Yep, I did. So Mother's Day is very <laughs> special to me. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, when I was little, I was one of nine children. My mother lost the last girl. She had four boys and four girls and then another boy. So I was the middle girl, mm-hmm. and I learned... My mother was very good at teaching us things like cooking and sewing and crocheting. And mm-hmm. and I learned how to do much of that when I was very, very young. And I loved textiles. Oh. So I wanted to be a housewife designer. I love it. My mother, never, my mother never worked. She was always in the home. And so I, I honored that. I wanted to be what she was. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to have the opportunity to design clothing. Wow. Because I love to sew and I love textiles and I like designing. And I did a lot of sewing and I did a lot of creating, but I didn't ever get into the profession. Wow. I love that. We have um, six girls and four boys and you sound like our third daughter. She, Mm. she loves fashion. She loves to design clothing 
and she's a firecracker. She is so, a firecracker. Right. She's she's going to be 21 actually on our anniversary next week. So we're going to have to pass right. this on to her. Um, hey, <laughs> you. Is she going into that field? You know, she actually designs her own jewelry. She makes earrings really? and she's doing very well. It's kind of her, you know, side hustle, if you will. Um, she works in ministry and she does that and she loves it. That She says that's her outlet. And the reason why she does it is to make women feel good about being a woman. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Very nice. how funny. That's really interesting. So, I need to know, when are you running for president? Because we, we need a president <laughs> like you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get about one inch. <laughs> I don't that's think so. A, that, that is a thankless job. Um, That's right. I hope we get a good one, but I don't think it's in the cards for me. Oh, I'm could we convince old. you? <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> we could use you. I'm not a politician. You know, That's Larry good. Used to say, I, well, Larry used to say, I can do so much more good in the private sector because yes. when you're a politician, Half the people hate you all the time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you need to have like a book of quotes because <laughs> these are great. <laughs> yeah. We'll post them on, you know, our social media. <laughs> Spe- hey, speaking of books, you have a book, Courage to Be You. I do have a book. Yes. Yep. Uh, inspiring Lessons from an Unexpected Journey. Hey, so in the book, you've, you've come from some challenging places and some valleys in your life. And can you tell our listeners how you climbed out of those valleys? Well, I think I have a natural Pollyanna attitude. I just think everything you do in life teaches you something. And no matter how hard it is, there's always a better day if you just keep working. I mean, that doesn't mean I was always happy and always Mm -hmm. upbeat. But I knew that every time I had a difficult period in my life, once I got through it, looked back on it, I realized that I was a much stronger person mm-hmm. and it helped the mm-hmm. idea that, yeah, there's something more coming, but it's okay because I'll get through that too. That's so, great. Yeah. We, I think that. It makes you stronger, doesn't it? Yeah. And, it yeah. Gets, and there isn't anything you have to do that you can't get through generally. I believe that Some too. Some things are harder than others and it isn't. I don't believe it's what you have to deal with that's the trial. It's how you handle it that's mm. the trial. Hey, who was the greatest influence on your life, and then how were they? Well, I, I, I would have to say, like most people, that it was my mother, because mm. she was quite inspirational. My, my parents got married in 1928, had their first child in 1929, and then four more during the Depression. Wow. And then I was born in the 40s, and they just never could get out from under that cloud. Mm-hmm. But she never let it get her down. Mm. She, um, she was a mother through and through and loved it. So she was an inspiration. And then after my dad died, she went to college and became a registered nurse and did that for 10 years till she was 71. Wow. And that inspired me to believe that, you know, you can have a lot of things happen in your life, but you can still do the things you want to and get some joy out of it. Yeah, that's and, and it just it seems like it just adds such a fuel to our fire to hear, you know, she struggled and then she said, I'm not done. I'm not done here. I'm going to 
I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm, and, and what that must have yeah. said to your brothers and sisters and to you was you're never yeah. finished, really. You know, just, just because yeah. you go through a tough spot doesn't mean you have to, you give up. You keep going and That's you keep true. pushing forward. So what is your next yeah. project? Since it's not I'm presidency. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look forward to my retirement and oh, go what? play with my husband. Because we've, <laughs> I've, I've never learned how to play. He plays really well. He's uh, <laughs> a fun-loving, happy-go-lucky person. And I'm going to take some some lead from him and go travel and do some fun things. But mm. I can't tell you when. I just have to do it before I die. <laughs> and and where do you want to travel to? Where is the that's not it's not on our question list, but I'm interested because I love to travel, and I love to hear nuggets. Well, yeah, I've been to a lot of really neat places, mm -hmm. and I, it's not for me that will travel. It's for him because he's got a lot of places he still wants to go to, and one of them is Ireland, which we're going to do this year if the travel pans oh, out yes. with this epidemic, but. We'll go to Ireland and Scotland and England, and oh. then we're going on a trip back east in the U.S. And oh, with so his fun. family. He has four children, and I have five. So we have almost as many as you. Right, right. Our 18-year-old our our actually just went to Ireland, Scotland, and just left England last week. And she's in Paris oh, right now. Fun. She's on a mission, and she, um, she loved Scotland. Absolutely love Scotland and love Bristol, England. So if you get a chance, oh, Bristol, I guess, is the yeah. place. And they're that'll claiming be to be the first first ones to have hot air balloons. So I don't know. Albuquerque wow. may have a problem with that. We just have more. <laughs> right. We just have more. <laughs> and a beautiful fiesta. Well, you have a lot of hot air balloons down there, don't you? We do. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Have you been to the hot air balloon fiesta? I've driven by it. I haven't actually attended it, but I've seen them when they've all been there on the ground. It's quite when colorful. When you retire, you need to check it out. <laughs> it is unbelievable. It is beautiful. We'll walk you down. <laughs> we'll walk you down amongst okay. them. There's nothing like watching them take off. It's In the middle of it. It's amazing. Hey, if, yeah, you could, if you could talk to the whole world, if you could tell everybody, so from the poorest of the poor to the richest of the rich, the, from the unimportant to the, the seemingly most powerful, what would you say to them? That's a really interesting question. And it, I started a book last night, and I can't even remember the name of it, but it's Melinda Gates' book. And she is a remarkable woman. I didn't know much about her, but she talks, her life, mission is to help the poor mm -hmm. and you know she's probably the richest woman in the world mm -hmm. but she is spending her lifetime helping the poor not by giving them money but by teaching them how to be uh, how to have better lives by learning how to nurture children and mm -hmm. how to get health care and and she said that helping the poor is more than giving them money it's giving them the knowledge they need to improve their lives so and true. i think that's one thing that we who have the opportunity to do that just can't afford to put our turn our backs on because 
we are so fortunate in this country. Even the poor in this country right. have it better than the third world countries. Mm -hmm. And they don't even understand why things happen to them. So I think it's really important for us to use our resources and do as much good as we can. And, and that's, that's what I would preach. Mm -hmm. um, because even, so, even if you're, you know, you're quote unquote poor, you still have something you can give, correct? Yeah. If you, if you look inward and determine what you have, you know, what your values are and what you believe in mm -hmm. and how, and have an attitude of gratitude for what you do have. And then that magnifies as you share it. That's so true. Because you can't give away without being grateful for what you have mm. and what you can do. That's so good. So the roar of the lion from Gail Miller is take your resources and give to those that don't have and have an attitude of gratitude. Gail, it's been a real Pretty pleasure. It's been a pleasure having well, you on. Well, thank you. It's and been great to get to know you guys a little better. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank this you. You, you absolutely help us to make it possible. And inspire so many people. So thank you for all that well, you do and those and the people, you, you know, who are around you. Because I, I know that well, the, the corporation that you run is full of people who are very like-minded. And, and we feel so blessed to be a part of that. Well, thank you. And you, you are one of the ones who are blessed. You, know, you, you just make it happen. So thank you for all you do. And thank you for your support. Thanks, Gail. All right. Have a great day. You too. I truly hope you enjoyed today's guest and you found inspiration, guidance, and you want to share it. Put it on Instagram, Facebook. Tell people about us. It would mean a lot to us. You can also give us your feedback at voiceofalion.com. And if you want to help us financially, you want to get involved with our nonprofit and what we do for the communities, not only here in New Mexico, but around the world, you can go to aspenproject.org and there's tons of ways to donate and find out more of what we are doing. Thanks again for being a Voice of a Lion listener and tell everyone.